0: everybody. You heard the introduction music, you know what time it is. You're listening to episode number 15 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady and this is the podcast where I chat with through hikers and peak baggers and as of today trail runners about their experiences hiking and in the outdoors. Now I've got a great episode for you guys today. Honestly I think it might be my favorite one yet. It's kind of tough to say. I've had a lot of fun conversations on here but think this one uh, takes the cake? I don't know. Today's guest is my friend Colby Ziemendorf, who is an experienced hiker and trail runner. He's definitely a bit of a different hiker compared to all the through hikers I've had on pretty much all my episodes so far, but he still had a ton of awesome insight nonetheless. Honestly, this episode really kind of has it all. We have multiple bear stories, Colby talks a lot about why he prefers trail running over normal hiking and we chat a bunch about the charity that him and his wife Catherine started called 46 Climbs. We talk a lot about the Adirondacks where Colby has done most of his hiking and I always love talking about the Adirondacks because I've hiked there quite a bit as well and I feel like a lot of people that are familiar with the Appalachians don't really know as much about the Adirondacks. I don't know, maybe that's not true, but that's just kind of what it seems like to me. So anyways, I can't wait to share this one with you guys and we're going to get into it in just a moment. Now, I like to do this thing where I read my five-star iTunes reviews out loud at the beginning of an episode, and I got another five-star review a couple days ago, so I'm going to read that right now. It says, Hey Kyle, my hiking partner Cranky and I, Tumbles, really enjoy your podcast. We've been listening to various hiking podcasts over the past couple of years, and we agree that yours is a favorite. Thank you very much. You keep the subject. You're well-spoken. I don't know about that and have some quality guests on the show. Now that, I agree with. If you ever want to have some section hikers on the show, Cranky and I are your people. Have a good one. Vivian. Well, Vivian, thank you so, so much for the review. I'd love to get in touch with you and chat about some of your hikes. That would be really cool. If anybody else wants to leave a five-star review and be blessed with having me read it out loud to like the 200 people that will download this feel free to do so it'll be really fun you'll be really cool you'll have lots of wealth and friends around you for the rest of your life probably not but it'll be cool and i will really appreciate it so feel free to do that i also want to say that if you want to get in touch with me for some crazy reason that is a thing that can happen i'm on instagram trail tales pod i post a lot of pictures from my at through hike on there and soon i'm going to start posting pictures from other hikes i've done in the past because honestly i'm kind of running out of pictures (laughs) from my through hike anyways so yeah go follow me on there send me a dm like some of my photos maybe unfollow me after you realize that they suck i don't know go follow me on instagram it'll be a lot of fun And the last thing I want to say is I'm in the process of creating a Patreon for the show. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's basically a platform where content creators like myself, if you can even call me that, can be supported by fans who are just really into the content. And you basically would pledge a few dollars a month, I'm talking like two to five dollars, and the money goes right back into helping me produce Trail Tales In return, every month you'll receive a bonus episode, some bloopers and outtakes I've kept from when I'm recording conversations and my introductions. There's a lot of those, trust me. And I'm still trying to think of a few more perks that people can get if they are willing to support me. Now, I'm certainly not going broke producing this show, but there are some small expenses associated with it, so I would just really, really appreciate it. Be on the lookout for that if you're interested. And if not, then no worries, the show will always be free and I won't bug you too much about money, I promise. All right, that's it. Let's get into it with Colby Ziemendorf, the co-founder of 46 Climbs. We are recording Trail Tales Time number 15. I'm here with my friend Colby Ziemendorf. And this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. Now, I said that before, and it was usually on episodes where I was interviewing people that had hiked trails other than the Appalachian Trail. But this time, I like really mean it's going to be a different episode because Colby is not a thru-hiker. And you might be thinking, Kyle, why are you interviewing someone who's not a thru-hiker? And to that, I would say colby is still an avid hiker he's more specifically an avid trail runner he's done ultra marathons he's done some really really cool stuff and he's just an all-around pretty badass dude so i'm looking forward to it and i'm also looking forward to kind of making an episode that's a little bit different than normal you know i don't want to just keep putting out the same thing over and over so it's going to be cool colby what's going on man how is your evening so far pretty good how are you not too bad. I'm glad we actually got connected this time. Colby yeah. and I had a little bit of trouble uh, two days ago trying to get connected, but that is pretty normal around here. That ha- that happens on like almost every single episode, honestly. At least half of the episodes I've done, we've had to reschedule because of technical difficulties. So we made it work. Colby's here today, and I'm super, super stoked about that. Now, to start off the episode, I'm going to do my best to recall the story kind of how Colby and I got to know each other a little bit so Colby feel free to like jump in at any time here because like I I haven't really actually told this story out loud probably ever and (laughs) of course it's been a number of years now but okay so let's flash back to 2014 August of 2014 I was 18 years old at the time I was going into my freshman year of college at Clarkson University, which if you've heard of Clarkson, you probably either live in New York, you're an engineer, or you follow college hockey. If you don't fall into any of those categories, you probably don't know or care what Clarkson is, but just a small little engineering school in the middle of northern, like way northern New York, like Canada almost, northern New York. Anyways, I was going to be a freshman at Clarkson, and as a lot of colleges do, Clarkson's Outing Club put on this pre-orientation kind of hiking adventure thing for incoming freshmen, right? It's supposed to be a way to kind of meet new people when you start. I'm sure people that have hiked on the AT and other trails before, you know, around the late August, early September time of year, have probably run into these groups at various colleges. Pretty popular thing. Anyways, I signed up for this trip in the Adirondacks. And honestly, I didn't really sign up for it because I like wanted to like get to know people as a freshman. I really kind of saw it as a way to get some like free hiking in because like my parents were paying for it and everything. (laughs) I was like, oh, cool. We're going to go bag some peaks in the Adirondacks. Like I'm trying to do all these 4,000 foot peaks. That sounds like fun. You know, why not? Let's let's do it. So I did. And Colby was the trip leader for this like little program that I signed up for. And Colby, you were at the time, you were probably about the age that I am now, right? What were you, like 22, 23, right at the uh, end think, of college?
1: Yeah, I was a, I was a super senior at that point, um, just finishing up one extra semester. Um, and uh, I was the, the president of the outing club. So we were uh, organizing all these hikes. There was uh, canoe trips and rock climbing and stuff and um, all sorts of good things to just get People new to Clarkson out into the outdoors and meeting people and maybe doing a new activity but uh the trip that we were doing was supposed to be like the expert level trip or whatever and and um
0: which is why I signed up for I was like oh yeah yeah. I'm I'm obviously a hiking expert like I belong on this trip like yeah all of us were at that point (laughs) yeah but no so anyways I signed up for this trip and I think we were supposed to tag what like four or five of the high peaks of the
1: I think it was more than that. I think uh I think we were gonna do the McIntyres and then um Skylight, Grey, Marcy and like maybe tabletop Phelps or something like yeah, that. Like just a big was, old uh, loop there. It was a pretty pretty good hike.
0: It was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean to it still be. was, but so anyways, I you know I signed up for this trip and you know we, we got out there or whatever and you know everybody was kind of just getting to know like each other and it was I, I I thought the first day was like pretty good and you know we were just kind of having fun we were hiking it was the McIntyre Range there right with uh, yeah. Algonquin right in Iroquois it's, I haven't gone over there since uh since we did it so basically <laughs> the way this is, our, this is our very first day of the trip by the way and the way. The trail there goes is, it's basically just these three mountains, like I said, right, Algonquin, Iroquois, three like pretty significant peaks in the uh, in the Adirondacks. And this trail that we were on pretty much just goes straight line over the top or near the top of all three of them. And then at the top of the last one on top of Iroquois, right? Yeah, it's Iroquois. Yeah. The trail just kind of stops, and you have to backtrack like a half mile or something like that. You know, back the way you came, and then you take a side trail down. Uh, you know, off the off the top of the ridge. So we did the first two, and we got to the top of Iroquois at the end of the day. It's a pretty tough hike, and you know, some of the other guys in the group weren't quite as experienced as I think you and And I. And one of them we found
1: out uh, later had mono the whole time too.
0: Oh wait, really?
1: Do you remember that? Who, yeah.
0: Wait, who who had mono? Um, <laughs> no, I forgot. It's been, it's been a while. Like I said, this is 2014. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually I don't remember that. So that's crazy. Yeah. But
1: it was so, whoever fell asleep like, on a like midday on a rock like when we were just like sitting down. Dude, just, honestly, like, I don't
0: out. I don't even remember everybody who went. <laughs> I, I know it was like the other Kyle because we were kind of we became friends over yep. the years
1: yeah Man, and everyone knows uh everyone knows Kyle as uh Narnar, but we knew him as Hammock Kyle because we had two Kyles.
0: <laughs> this is so me he Kyle was... he's referring to
1: yes me. so we were uh it was Hammock Kyle
0: yes he I had the hammock <laughs> I brought my hammock, so I guess that's kind of the first one of the f- the areas that this trip kind of went wrong is when we were you know the night before we left. Uh Colby and Paul, the other guy that was leading the trip, kind of got us all together and, like, went through our gear and everything, and we were just kind of finalizing the plans, making sure that everybody was on the same page. And one thing that I noticed was that nobody was carrying a tent, and now there's, there's <laughs> lean-tos in the Adirondacks, so that was the plan. Uh. We were going to stay at these lean-tos, these kind of established campsites, but my... Kind of like feeling towards that is you should still always like bring a tent or whatever. And I
1: 100% agree <laughs> at this point.
0: And we kind of, like, <laughs> I mean, I so for that reason I still brought my hammock, but I think I'll get into that in a second. But so, anyways, we're on top of Iroquois at the end of this like straight line trail, like I was saying. Instead of taking the backtrack and then going down a side trail, like is marked on the map, Colby had. Read online somewhere, right? That there was a. Well,
1: I uh, I'd known someone who who had done it, but there's a bushwhack that goes down, um, towards Marshall, which is right behind it. There's a trail in between Iroquois and Marshall, and um, I was like, hey guys, like I know this bushwhack. In my mind, I'm like, all right, so we'll do something that these guys probably have haven't done before. Uh I need mean, I was kind of looking to scout the trail for other reasons and like I was like, "You know what? Let's just let's just throw these guys into it and, <laughs> let's and just uh, send it." <laughs> and like I'd I'd never done it myself, so uh stupid idea. Um <laughs> for those who are like used to out west like Hiking, bushwhacking means a whole different oh, yeah. thing in the east.
0: Especially at the, you know, we were above tree line when we first started on top of Iroquois. Yeah. For those of you that have hiked in, you know, the White Mountains or any high elevation forest in the northeast, you're probably familiar with like the, I think they're called, I think they're spruce trees, like the, the, yeah. the Christmas tree looking things that are, you know, near the tree line, kind of between the tree line and the lower elevation forest. And if you've hiked in that kind of environment before, you probably know like how thick and just like, I I like just tough it is to yeah. traverse in it, especially without a, without a trail. So,
1: <laughs> so I've done that trail since this and, um, a few times. And the one time that I went and did it, I actually found somebody's jacket. It looked like they like hiked through and it was literally shredded to pieces. <laughs> but, uh, Yeah. So you start off and there's all these like different herd paths of people who think they know where they're going, but don't actually know where they're going. And so people just kind of follow these herd paths or these like things that turn into herd paths after over time. And um, luckily we didn't get cliffed out at the the cliff there, which I did another time that I went and tried to do that where you just like get to an edge and you're like, crap, Um,
0: (laughs) where do I go I go now?
1: But luckily, we, we actually, I think, found the correct way down. But what happened was instead of going straight to hit that trail, we started going, like, descending down the mountain and ended up kind of parallel with the trail instead yeah. of, like, just going straight forward. And, um, like, people were... Oh, my gosh. People were, like, <laughs> falling all over the place. <laughs> and, I mean, I, and, can't, like... Like,
0: I can't stress enough, like, how, like, thick this stuff was. Like, it was just... I mean
1: and everyone's looking at me like who is this guy like (laughs) where is he taking us like Paul uh, was the other leader and he's like he was a pretty good rock climber and he'd been he'd done like one high peak before this so he wasn't really a hiker uh, (laughs) at this point so even he was like looking at me like what what are you doing (laughs) like (laughs) and so um eventually like i think we got to camp at like 10 o'clock oh yeah night.
0: it was well after dark at this it was point.
1: a it was a suffer fest for everyone and i felt so bad
0: <laughs> the ranger down <laughs> there definitely gave you a piece of his mind about that oh too. yeah
1: he's like he's like yeah like where are you guys from well um we we're trying to well what happened we went down there and all the campsites were
0: full right all the lean-tos were full kind of going back to what i was saying yeah earlier. so i had still brought my hammock because like i said i wasn't really yeah. comfortable <laughs> not was going out there with, so yeah so there, these people like squeezed into like another lean-to with a different clarkson group actually who were out on like a different trip for the pre-orientation thing right uh
1: we found out later so normally so uh, in the adirondacks um what you want to do is you want to if you're if there's a like clarkson as a school being out there should separate uh their people by a mile while hiking and camping um and camping i believe it's eight eight people to uh a lean to yep um in general and so we went down there and all the years prior to this like whatever our prio trips landed on the date ended up landing on the same date as like all the other schools in the area and that had never happened before. So like I had never uh led in a pre-o trip before and so I like got all the directions from everyone passing it down years previous and we like got there and there was like there was no lean twos open. <laughs> and we're like going all over the place and then we run into a forest ranger and he's like like what the heck is going on? Like this <laughs> Clarkson group, like I'm gonna I'm gonna uh
0: write us all tickets he was he was well pissed.
1: he well he was like i'm i'm gonna like contact the clarkson outing club president and like tell him because like this is not okay and like everyone just like looked at me it was like <laughs> yeah I, i'm the president <laughs> i was like so i good. can promise you this will never happen again
0: <laughs> so, and i don't think it has since then to be fair no but...
1: absolutely not i had that so well documented after that trip
0: <laughs> It was a shit show, but honestly, despite the rough beginning, you know, we kind of changed our plans after that. We did not do as aggressive of a trip as we were kind of planning on doing from the beginning, and honestly, all that considered, like, I still had a blast, and, you know, like I said, I became, like, pretty good friends with Kyle and some of the other people in that group, so, and you, of course, so... It was, a, it was a good time. I just had to tell that story to Absolutely. to start off the episode because, I don't know, I've got to work some Clarkson talk in there. I don't Definitely. think I've ever talked about my alma mater, or whatever, on the show yeah. before. So that's out of the way now. But anyways, there's a bunch of other really cool things I want to talk to Colby about besides just busting his balls for that. Um, <laughs> so 46 climbs. Now, those of you that are familiar with the Adirondacks are probably aware of the whole 46er thing. You know, you try to hike all 46 of these peaks that are supposed to be all over 4,000 feet. A couple of them aren't, but in theory, that's kind of the idea behind it. Just a peak bagging, like normal list kind of, pretty famous one. And Colby kind of took that to the next level um, around the same time that, you know, this, this trip that we just talked about was going on. And he actually ended up starting his own kind of charitable organization called 46 Climbs to benefit suicide prevention. Now, I'm not going to talk about it too much here because I kind of want to hear it from you, Colby. So why don't you just explain a little bit just what 46 Climbs, the organization, is.
1: Yeah, so uh, 46 Climbs is a national community of hikers and climbers uh, from all across the United States. And during one week of the year in September – Uh, climbers and hikers go out and climb mountains for suicide prevention to raise funds for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So what happens is people sign up for $25 to get the 46 Climbs shirt and bandana for those who are hiking mountains that uh, you wouldn't necessarily want to be taking your jacket off and uh, so that we can be identified. And during that week, people take pictures on all these mountains and uh, put it under hashtag 46climb so you can see the all the people all across the country and world at times we've been um, in eight different countries now so you can see those photos come in and the stories and and uh, it's really a cool experience a totally positive experience uh, that surrounds a a, definitely a a hard subject to talk about and um, Mm -hmm. it allows people to talk about uh, mental illness and suicide and in a a positive avenue also it allows people who've who've lost someone or have struggled themselves with mental illness to be able to go after a physical goal and and put everything into that physical goal so it's it's an opportunity for healing it's an opportunity to raise funds for an amazing organization and um, it also helps with the the stigma of suicide and mental illness. By doing it alongside such a positive mm-hmm. uh, community of people and going into the mountains to to climb.
0: Now I hope I didn't get this number wrong when we were talking on the phone the other day, but you said it was two hundred thousand and sixteen dollars that you guys have raised so far. Uh, two
1: hundred and sixteen thousand.
0: Oh, I knew I would. <laughs> See, I knew I knew I would get it wrong. <laughs> Well, that's that's a pretty big difference there, but that's I mean that's a huge, huge, huge number. Like that's yeah. that's super awesome. You know, it's it's been kind of cool for me too because you know I've been kind of involved off and on throughout the years. I mean, you graduated shortly after uh, yep. we first met, but you know I've I've seen it kind of go from just this initial thing, and when you first told me on the phone the other day that you guys had raised that much money. It kind of blew my mind, honestly. Like, I just think that's so, so cool. It blows my become... mind. Yeah, I mean, it's really become kind of a national thing. I mean, there's a there's a good chance that even some of these people that are listening to this have heard of it before. Yeah. So, it's really, really cool. To put in
1: perspective, the uh, last year we had 400 people climbing, and 50% of those people found out from someone who had climbed before, not from like any of our social media or any of our our uh, promotional things. Um, so it's really taken legs of its own.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I just think that's so awesome. Why don't you talk a little bit about the history behind the organization? I, I, cause I don't, I mean, I kind of know some of it, but we really haven't talked about this too much. So I'm really just kind of curious to know, like, why did you start it? And you know, how did you start it and like, how did it kind of grow into what it is you know this national organization this national movement today
1: yeah so um i lost a buddy of mine in high school during my senior year and uh and it during that same year we actually lost another student that i wasn't actually friends with but um knew of and that was a a devastating mm. thing to go through and um and so after going through that i i kind of struggled with it for years afterwards and and always like felt like I wanted to do something to help and just really didn't know how. So after being at Clarkson, um, I, uh, I met my wife now, Catherine there. And, uh, a week after we started dating, Catherine was telling me about these, uh, these 46ers and, and I came from like zero hiking, anything Mm. background. (laughs) Like, um, I kind of grew up like in the foothills of the Catskills at like our family cottage. So I was, I was like used to the, the outdoors and stuff or whatever, but not really hiking mountains right, or any right. of that. And so this was like, I was a baseball player. Like I played baseball for Clarkson. <laughs> that, that kind of puts you in the perspective I was like far off, like from all of this stuff. And, and she, I'd never heard of it. I, I I'm from Rochester originally. And my idea of like mountains in New York, I was like, what they got to be like hills like the, <laughs> there can't be any substantial mountains in new york so um she's telling me about them and and so the the week after we started dating um we went out and did cascade and porter which is it's normally like the intro to the 46
0: right right probably the easiest two, i would say
1: yeah definitely and it's it's the best uh one of the one of the better like work to view ratios. oh yeah so. for
0: sure it's beautiful up there i mean It wasn't when I did them because it was, like, pouring rain, but (laughs) I've seen pictures. I know what it looks like. (laughs) You can imagine.
1: Yeah. So um, after that, totally hooked. Well, side note, like, when we went up there, it was, like, green grass on campus, and we got to the trailhead, and it was a sheet of ice. (laughs) And I'm, like, in my dugout jacket and, like, sweatpants, like, all cotton. (laughs) Totally, totally wrong i had we all start there man we all oh my gosh people are walking by me i'm like oh man what are those spiky things on their feet like that'd be awesome to have and so basically we started hiking in the winter and um so we learned very quickly what not to do and um uh we got involved with the outing club and and were able to rent gear and everything so got into all that I got into ice climbing and rock climbing and all that stuff through the outing club, which like was an incredible group to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, So through, through those years, we uh, completed our 46. And after we completed our 46, we, Catherine was kind of getting me into trail running, which like I uh, coming from being a baseball player, like I had, I was in good shape, but not really running shape. And yeah. And we kind of got to the point where we're like, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if we could like see more in one day and, and go back and see these mountains that we love all in one day? And so we s- started getting into it and then um had this idea like, hey, there's a there's a week during the year that's National Suicide Prevention mm-hmm. Week. What if we went out and attempted to climb all 46 of these peaks during that week to raise funds for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention? Yeah. So we started looking into it, started scouting it, um, had some help from the current FKT holder, which FKT stands for fastest snow and time. Um, and, uh, we're able to get, get our route together. And, um, and we worked with the Clarkson startup business group to get a website and, and, um, get a a fundraising page going so that we could raise funds. So, we went out to do this hike the first day was Allen and the santanis which is just under 40 miles um with four high peaks probably like the worst of all of them with the most mileage <laughs> and uh i i guess i can't rag on those but doing all all of them in one day is kind of yeah you,
0: you can rag on that that sounds like a, a real <laughs> pain in the ass if i'm gonna be honest
1: <laughs> uh so that day went okay the next day we did the dicks range so uh that wasn't too bad and the third day was was a a doozy um (laughs) the plan was to do big slide and then cut over to marcy and then finish out the great range and um so at this point what we we learned later on like i've we've been doing a, a bunch of 50s and I've done a hundred miler a couple years back and, and since this point, like we realized that our nutrition was nowhere near where it needed to be. Like oh, not yeah. trying to make excuses for like why we, we failed. But, um, like I remember that first night coming back from Allen and the Santanis and and my mom putting like a plate of pasta or chicken or something in front of me and just looking at it and being
0: like, Oh,
1: like i can't eat it like after you can't
0: eat it (laughs) what
1: yeah well even even you probably experienced this on the trail like there's certain things like when it's a super hot day or a super cold day like your taste changes and and so when we do all our other stuff now like we we have think different textures and stuff that so like at any point of of that spectrum you'll have something to that you can kind of force yeah. down. Yeah.
0: It's it's kind of different for me uh, coming at it from like a through hiking perspective because after a while you kind of get used to just being like hungry all the time and just consuming yeah. everything, but you know, the fact that you guys were just out there starting, you know, starting this journey coming right from normal life, you hadn't really had that time to like adjust, I guess. So I can, you know, now that you kind of talk about it like that, I can I can see yeah. where you're coming from there. And obviously doing this like incredibly difficult Hiking like you're gonna need a lot of calories like I can't Definitely. like I feel like I need to stress this for people who haven't hiked in the Adirondacks before honestly, I think that they're for me at least they're the hardest place I've ever hiked before they're comparable with the white mountains, but I still think there're some spots in the Adirondacks are like another level uh above yeah. that even like they're they're it's it's tough shit honestly, and they're going over all the hardest mountains and the tallest mountains too so yeah i I just wanna make that clear like this isn't just like some hills obviously they're going over this is probably the hardest hiking on the east coast like i i, I would say anyways i don't know sorry continue
1: <laughs> no problem yeah so uh we made it through um to Sawtooth and uh or gothics we made it to gothics and we're going up the cables and it's like horrific weather like foggy can't see anything in front of us like we're both just dog tired from not having any fuel on the mm-hmm. fire and and it's pretty late at night and like pretty much everything is against us and we realize, like at that point in the night like we're not going to be able to make it all the way through and continue mm-hmm. um so we we dropped down to lake road uh, and at that point we're thinking like okay so 43 out of 46 if we complete that i'd say that's that's pretty good i think uh we won't get too much too much crap (laughs) for that yeah so so lake road is kind of like this rolling dirt road in the middle of the the adirondacks that uh saint hubert's it's a country club owns and we hit the road and we're like all right we're on our way out it's easy uh easy trail to get out and so we, we go about two miles on the road and we're, we're going along. And all of a sudden, like, this is like probably one o'clock in the morning at this point. Oh, wow. And, uh, there's these two lights in the woods and we're like, we're looking and it it almost seems like led lights are so bright. And all of a sudden they move we're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was a bear. And so the bear was like right on the edge of the road, not really in a place where, you would feel comfortable kind of walking by it. Yeah, um, yeah. So we do everything we're supposed to. We make a bunch of noise. Like I don't think I've ever yelled that loud in my entire life. Uh there's there's that's like our one way out um outside of like going up the mountains again uh on either side of the road. And so uh we're we're yelling at this bear and then it takes a step towards us and we're like, "Okay, and uh Not now we're going to we're going to turn back. Uh we went back to the end of the road. So uh, we had a a uh, a radio on us and we were able to contact my parents who were crewing us and told them about the bear and and we're how we were trying to get by. There's some side trails on the side of the the road we we're thinking about, but the way the bear was like moving didn't really make sense. Kind of wanted to have that the bear in our view on the road versus like being in the thick of the woods on a yeah. tiny little trail. Yeah. And so we're talking to my parents trying to figure out how we're going to do this. I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's just go try again. Maybe it moved. And so we walk about a mile and the bear had followed us a mile towards us. And, and we tried again.
0: Oh, And the wow. thing like
1: made another move towards us and we're like, okay, done. Um, went back to the end of the road, found a, like a spot to uh we actually stayed at the boathouse uh, as embarrassing as that is uh the boathouse is is owned by the country club not something you should trespass on yeah well we were on the radio and my parents were trying to get a hold of the country club uh, and there's a gate at the end that won't allow cars outside of the country clubs or or members vehicles down the road so they were thinking maybe we can drive, they could drive the car down to get us out. And uh I guess the country club misplaced their key, Um, whether or not I believe that or not, you know, I mean, <laughs> like they deal with like thousands of hikers every year and didn't know what we were doing. So I don't, I don't really blame them. Yeah. But they, they kind of gave us permission to shack up in the, the boathouse and so the boathouse is kind of like a lean-to and we were able to grab some tarps from the boats and kind of find a spot where there wasn't a a canoe there and (laughs) sleep through to the morning and so So you guys
0: you guys didn't have your like overnight gear with you or anything no
1: no we had like super ultra light packs gotcha nothing on us um and uh so got up in the morning and uh we're able to get out and after that point we we did a modified version of our hike original hike but through all of this this craziness that went on we the following of we had a tracker on us during this and and so the following of our hike kind of grew with that the news of the bear and we were able to raise uh fourteen and a half thousand dollars for the american for suicide prevention and our our goal originally was ten thousand dollars and i remember putting that amount in for our, our uh, fundraising page and clicking the button and being like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Like that's, that's so, awesome, so much yeah. money. And then we surpassed it by so much. And through that experience, people were like coming out of the woodwork, trying to do anything they could to help. And, and it was just an amazing experience and realizing that we kind of had something here where I was able to take my struggle with losing my friend and direct it towards this physical goal. And, um, it was definitely kind of therapeutic to, to do that for me. And, and with all this other interest around our hike, uh, we talked about it and wanted to allow the same opportunity for other people to do, uh, the same thing. And Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't mean going out and doing, doing stuff like what we did. Like there's people who go out and do Mount Joe type hikes, like small, hikes in the woods not not a big deal to we've got we've had people climb the big walls of yosemite all the way up to katahdin like all sorts of there's a professional endurance athlete that
0: oh nice who's and, that
1: um uh that was travis macy so it, it's just been incredible to see this idea turn into this amazing community and become what it is today like, uh, there was one, one stat that I left out before that every year I'll, I'll do a calc on everyone's hike and do the elevation gain of, uh, of the hikes mm-hmm. that were done yep. that year. And since 2015, when we went national with this event, there's been the equivalent of hiking from base camp to Mount Everest 411 wow. times. <laughs> That's awesome. So just to put in perspective how substantial this, this movement right, has right. become and just how cool to see people do something so positive um for this cause is just yeah. awesome.
0: No, that's that's incredible, Colby. You know, I mean obviously like I said before, like I know what forty six climbs is, but in and I, I know a little bit of the history, but kinda of hearing all that like come from you like firsthand right now is like super cool. I already know this is gonna be a great episode. I'm stoked. Um, you know, that, that, that's just so awesome. Why don't you talk a little bit about how people can get involved, uh, with 46 climbs? Like where can they go if they want to sign up to do a hike next year and, uh, and raise some money for 46 climbs?
1: Yeah. Uh, 46 climbs.com is where, uh, our site is. And that connects directly to a site that's, it's called donor drive. It's, it's the, uh, platform that the American foundation for suicide prevention uses, so we don't actually touch any money. It's straight through okay. the foundation. Um, so you you can go to our site and we have a link to their, their page for us. And you sign up, it's $25 to sign up. You can create a team. So like if you're part of a school or part of an outing club or group or just like mm-hmm. your family, you can create a team, um, try and raise money to like a team goal and a personal goal and 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 honestly, if you're if you're not interested in raising money, that's not something that you should be turned away by. Um definitely still get involved. But after you sign up, we'll send you a uh, participant package with our our dry fit shirt and and all the other stuff and some leave no trace information because a lot of the times we have a bunch of first time hikers, and we definitely want to make sure that uh, being the first line of defense for, for leave no trace. Uh, we really stress that people are following those, uh, principles. And so it's, it's definitely good. We haven't had any issues with that. And, um, people have been able to be educated in that. So you can get involved there. Um,
0: what's, um, what's the, the, uh, dates like that the suicide prevention week is this upcoming year in 2019? I guess 2019 is not upcoming it's it's this year, but do you know off the top of your head?
1: Yeah. So, um, our, our event is August 30th to September 8th. Okay, cool. This year.
0: Side note, I'm going to throw this out there right now. This just popped into my head. If anybody's trying to start like a trail tales team for 46 climbs, I think that would be super, super fun. I'm just so excited right now. Like this is awesome. Uh, I will be looking into that for sure. I think that'd be really cool to get some people that listen to the show that want to get involved with this. Uh, maybe I can like organize a little team, Colby. Like I like I like the sound of that. I like great. the sound of that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Sounds cool. Um. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you you pretty much put it all out there. That was great. Is there anything else you want to say about forty six climbs before we kind of move on to talk about some trail running, ultra running kind of stuff? Um not at this moment okay maybe cool. later when i'm listening to this <laughs> <laughs> that's all good uh if you think of anything else just let me know and i can work it into the show notes and just uh
1: sorry i just thought of something Yeah, go for it
0: <laughs> um
1: so there's one other thing on our site we have a map with all of the mountains being climbed each year so after you sign up i'll i'll put the the mountains that you sign up to do on the map and if if you can't think of the mountains you're going to do because it's January or whatever month it is when this comes out uh don't worry about it it's due to be determined and um you can email me as as you get closer but the all of the mountains that are climbed during the event go up on this big map and you can see like the yeah. entire U.S. just covered in in dots it's a pretty yeah, cool yeah for thing. sure
0: I've, I've seen it before. It's, it's pretty awesome. So 46 Climbs, everybody go check it out. Good stuff. So why don't we kind of move on and talk a little bit about trail running. So I've said at the beginning of uh, previous episodes, I say, you're listening to Trail Tales, a podcast where I, blah, 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 some douchebag talk with other hikers, peak baggers, and ultra runners is a word I've used a couple times. I, I haven't used it the last couple episodes because I was like, hmm, I haven't actually had any on yet, so I shouldn't say it, but <laughs> I kind of am now. So we're going to talk about trail running and ultra running a little bit. It's something that I do not have a lot of experience with. I'm guessing that a lot of my audience doesn't either. Maybe I shouldn't assume that, but I think it's primarily made up of people that are more into like normal, traditional backpacking and through hiking but I'm kind of curious to learn about it. Honestly, I ran into a number of people trail running when I was on my through hike, and, and I've ran into other people on other hikes as well. So, you know, I, I, I just kind of curious, and I want to learn about it. So, first of all, Colby, I know you've done a lot of normal... I I say normal hiking, I I know you've done a lot of, you know, just regular traditional hiking as well as trail running. So, and I kind of want to know what made you gravitate more towards the trail running, um, over the normal kind of hiking, I guess.
1: Yeah. So originally, as you said, I'm, I was a hiker and I just kind of wanted to see more in one day. And it also helped that my wife ran cross country for Clarkson. So she kind of, got me into running and and when i say got me into running like i hated running and i absolutely hated it running was a punishment when you were playing baseball it is not fun um (laughs) that's what i thought so when i started it was really just to be able to cover more more trail in the mountains and and i started running 10 minutes like every day and um and 10 minutes being like at like a nine minute nine thirty ish pace so not super fast are you
0: calling my normal running pace not fast colby <laughs> well, no, I'm, just, I'm just fucking with you <laughs> yeah. i don't even run that much anyway so
1: so it started off as that just to see more in one day and and really enjoyed um like last year i wanted to go out and see a see a bunch of the whites and i was able to go see the entire Pemi loop in a day and then still do hikes after that like um it just when you're short on time being able to go and see amazing things in the mountains like there's nothing better and uh a lot of people think of trail running as like you're just like sprinting up the mountain and it's it's painful
0: and maybe you're not like enjoying the experience yes, as much I guess exactly like, what would you kind of say to like those people that think that way
1: so it it definitely does take some some preparation like some training I guess to get in in a, a certain shape where you can find what we call the forever pace like a pace that you can just hold forever and and you're not running the entire time you're trail running in the mountains um, whenever you hit the flats or the downhills, um depending on the distance the downhills but right uh, when you're on the flats you're moving when you're on the uphills it's like kind of a swift hike and then on the downhills uh i actually love the downhills it's like feels like a roller coaster to me like (laughs) when your stomach drops and you just like lean over the edge and just let your body like drop but you you pick up more miles that way and and it's not like as taxing as you would think it is when you think about running and a little bit more perspective on that there is a a certain heart rate depending on your size and age that you do not want to go over so for me I know that it's 150 beats per minute where you're burning fat up until that point and then your body starts burning calories mm. um so fat burns a lot slower and um while calories burn much quicker so you're it's much more likely to hit a wall if you're really stressing your body out and going beyond that limit um as to where you're if you're in your forever pace and um you're able to keep it below that you can usually sustain a lot longer
0: right right kind of on that note i guess are there any other like important pieces of advice that you would give someone like me who's kind of interested in getting into trail running maybe a little bit but like doesn't want to just go out there and oh yeah i'll just go run the pemi loop like 35 fucking miles yeah. and god knows how many <laughs> feet of elevation gain like i don't know what what other pieces of advice would you give somebody trying to get into it
1: um i would definitely start slow like i started with 10 minutes and it was exhausting when i started <laughs> um, my my wife actually is the one who does most of our like training schedules but kind of the idea is where you like one week you'll do X amount of miles and then you'll add the next week you'll add five miles and then the next week you'll drop it back five miles as you recover. And then the next, like it's, it kind of like you go up and down gradually growing your mileage and not just like putting all that stress in your body. Cause you do need to build up your bone density to a point where you're not going to get like stress fat yeah, fractures. Yeah. Um, but definitely, like, try and find, like, a park nearby or, like, mountain biking trails or something where you can just kind of, like, um, get into, like, a good flow and, and um, just, like, enjoy being out there. You shouldn't be, like, just...
0: Dying. Just
1: dying. <laughs> so, find that forever pace. Uh, when you're in the mountains, like, take it easy on the hills going uphill and um, just try and try and get get into that groove when you're on the flats and and as you kind of build your technical downhill ability that doesn't like come overnight either Mm. like you can use the hills as grab like just let gravity take you down the hill uh as opposed to where a lot of people will be breaking as they go down the hill and it actually uses more energy to stop yourself from going down yeah that
0: kind of makes sense honestly just thinking about it like that no that's good I honestly, I kind of want to get into it. Like I'm not going to be doing the Pemi loop in a day anytime soon, but you know, I, I kind of want to, I don't know, push it to the next level, I guess. Yeah. And you know, obviously working nine to five, like it'd be kind of cool to be able to still go and like do a mountain after work without having to, you know, lose hours of sleep before the next day. So kind of going back to what you said, uh, just that you can experience more in a day you know, by doing that is, is kind of the thing that's drawing me towards it. And of course, it's just a great way to get outside and, and stay in shape and all that stuff. So
1: yeah, the, the other thing, um, they, there are opportunities to do like a trail race or something there where you can start oh, like yeah, true. a 5k or like 10 miles or something like that, where you can go in and, and not really get super competitive, competitive about it. And just, it'll be something where you have to train, um, to do And it'll allow you to go test yourself and like push yourself in a place where it's kind of a controlled situation where like the first time that you're running 50 miles is not in like the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So you can gradually kind of move yourself up if you want to do that. Honestly, like trail running does not have to be ultra running. Um, But after that, there are opportunities where, uh the fastest known times fkt i mentioned that earlier with um with the 46 but there's this whole other sport that surrounds the mountains that yeah. a lot of people aren't aware of where it's kind of on the honor system it's funny because uh before i think like last year there's a site called fastestknowntimes.com um and before it was upgraded it was like this kind of sketchy like <laughs> forum type yeah. thing where people go on and it and you put your GPS or your splits or something up there where you can say, Oh, I ran Marcy in this amount of time. And and then other people will be able to like put theirs up and say, Oh, I beat it. And like, this is the, this is the time to beat where, um, and, and it, it's a cool thing just to see like what the human body can do. Oh, yeah, um, or sure. if you, if you just like scrolling along that, that site and just seeing all these fkts um i i know that during your through hike this past year there was a guy named carl sabe if i said his last name wrong i apologize but um he did the appalachian trail in 41 days and seven hours and like 40 minutes or something which like is that. just
0: stupid like i don't it's even like know 50 miles a day Yeah, <laughs> i don't even know how that's possible honestly i was on the brink of my ability just you know, finish it in four and a half months. Like I can't even imagine. So nuts.
1: Yeah. That's a cool aspect of the sport. There's like not, there's, there's definitely some records that have some meat on them still that, uh, you can find, or if you wanted to start one at like your local mountain or something where you can post like, this is my FKT for X mountain and, and see if people want to come and try and beat it and create a little bit of a competition around this. Mm. Um, around like getting out and doing mountain stuff. So, and, and you don't have to do that. You can, you can kind of get, do your PR and kind of match yourself up against whatever the FKT is. And, um, so there's ways to challenge yourself. And I, I definitely enjoy the aspect of, of challenging yourself in the mountains and the mental aspect of like, in theory, your body's going to like, you're going to pass out before you actually hurt yourself running short of like, breaking right, yeah, something like, or, like something like that like you are the one that tells your body to stop if you think about it like you're in you're in too much pain and you're like all right i gotta cool it um that's that's like all happening in your brain so uh that's like a a cool like i, I definitely love the, the mental aspect of this whole thing and and going through what you previously thought was impossible and then being able to do it down the road is is a cool experience when when you get into the ultra running and and the other uh mountain running type stuff. So
0: Yeah, it's super cool. I'm looking forward to trying to get into it a little bit more this next summer and you know, I'll I'll start slow and kind of take it from there, but we'll see. On that note, I kind of want to talk a little bit about some of the hiking etiquette that surrounds like the whole like mix between normal hikers and these trail runners. The only time that I can really think of where this kind of like came into play for me was I was almost to the road crossing at Waynesboro, Virginia, I believe. uh, Rockfish Gap, I think, right before Shenandoah National Park. And I had my headphones in and I was going along, you know, I was at the end of a three day stretch, whatever, get just, you know, trying to get to town, trying to clean up or whatever, get some Little Caesars pizza. I remember I was going for that. Anyways i got the shit scared out of me by this trail runner who was behind me and <laughs> at first like he he just kind of like darted past me and at first i was kind of like yo like what the hell dude like you just like scared the shit out of me <laughs> and then i kind of realized i was like okay i had my headphones on he was probably behind me for like 30 seconds at least like trying to get my attention and i was just like in the zone so eventually he was like all right you know what fuck this guy i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go <laughs> around him but i don't know that that kind of got me thinking about it and then i know you brought it up as something yeah that might be interesting to talk about so i guess first of all what are some of the times that you've had like kind of weird rude ish experiences with with uh, other hikers i guess while you were running
1: um and starting off from that beginning story like i'm apologizing on behalf of all trail runners because that happens
0: yeah and like i said like i know it, like it, it was just <laughs> like a like a bad situation to begin with because I, yeah. I had my headphones on i guess honestly i was probably in the wrong just because i wasn't like as aware i don't know
1: yeah so sometimes that happens when people have their headphones and usually like if i'm if i see someone ahead like i try and cough or yeah or like make some noise of, of some sort because sometimes when you say, Hey, I'm I'm coming up on your left or something that scares the crap out of people too. <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's not really any good no, situation. Isn't. Um, but yeah, I, as a trail runner, you, you want to try and make your presence known to not scare the crap out of people. Uh, I always feel awful when that happens, but there, sometimes there's not really any way around. I it. feel like it's
0: kind of inevitable in situations like I just described when the person's yeah. not like paying attention as aware, I guess.
1: Yeah. And, and obviously like you don't want that person just like taking a step to the left. Like as you're trying to pass them, either you want to try and give them notice so that they know that you're coming and you're not going to just like run into them or something. Yeah. So if, if I see someone has their headphones on, I'll try and slow down and, and try and like get around them slower and not, not like blow into them or something mm-hmm. like that. um, uh, but Yeah. As, uh, the trail etiquette, I would say it's, it's pretty similar to, to hiking. Whereas I, I don't know if there's an official trail etiquette. I might be wrong, but at least what I do, if I'm coming up on someone, usually just because I'm moving faster than them, they usually will see me and kind of like move off to the side. But if, if I don't see them moving, then I'll slow down and like move over. Or if, uh, if someone's coming uphill and I'm going downhill, usually like because it takes more momentum for that person to keep going again and for me just it's just like a lean and mm-hmm. start running again i'll I'll try and give them um the opportunity to keep going and and kind of just communicate obviously and but yeah it, it it's pretty similar to run it to uh to hiking outside of the fact that you're moving a little bit faster and you definitely need to communicate a little bit better
0: yeah what um I guess <laughs> you had mentioned when we talked on the phone the other day that there was like a couple times where some of the hikers you were trying to pass were like kind of rude to you because you were running. Like, can you just kind of briefly, because we're getting yeah. kind of long time here, uh, talk about that?
1: Um, definitely. Like, n- not saying all hikers here. Like, it's it's a very small percentage of, course, of, of, of hikers where I have this this issue with. Uh, but. For some reason, sometimes people I think who have a little bit of an ego, I guess, to them where, like, they don't want to be passed. Yeah, um, I
0: honestly I've experienced that with other people just hiking, uh, yeah. just normal hiking too. If I come up to pass somebody, so I, I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, sometimes you'll come up on people and and they uh, they like deliberately look at you, but then like turn around and keep hiking and act <laughs> like you're not there, and you and you you like ask like, hey, like when you get a chance, like, can I get by? And and then they like keep walking and then you like repeat yourself. And, um, and then they just kind of like give you a dirty look when they eventually let you go. <laughs> That's <laughs> just like,
0: awkward. Don't do that. People please. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, and then on the other side, like I trail around a lot with my wife, who's us- I usually like run behind her. And, um, a lot of the time it's like guys who kind of think they're a little bit macho. <laughs> and being passed by a girl is not really <laughs> something they enjoy. And I'm sorry, if you're a trail runner or trying to be a trail runner, like get used to it. Um it's it's called getting chicked and it happens all the time. <laughs> like there's some pretty gnarly girls out there and the longer distances oh, yeah. you do, the actually the closer the times are between male and female. So it it happens all the time and you should not be if you let that like get in your head like it's gonna ruin your race so but yeah it's it's actually kind of comical to kind of be like back seat to watching everything go down and see like the people up ahead like looking back and seeing like a girl's coming and then they like try and speed up a little bit (laughs) and then (laughs) um and then like eventually like you they they're like stopped ahead and you like walk by and my like my wife kind of goes oh hey how's it going like totally like not out of breath at all. Yeah. And they're all like gasping for air. So <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, it's kind of funny sometimes when that happens, but, um,
0: that is funny. But yeah.
1: I I mean, it, it comes back to like hike your own hike. Um, I'm sure you guys have talked about that on this, this show. Like nobody's trying to race each other. Like I'm not trying to deliberately beat you like at what, like what are, what are we trying to <laughs> yeah. do here? You know, I, I don't know but um we're all just like in the mountains trying to do mountain stuff and have a good time and
0: yeah and and again i i feel like those kinds of people are very few and far between i've only encountered a couple of them after yeah. know, over roughly over 3000 miles of hiking and in my life so there
1: is like a little bit of a stigma around trail runners where um actually Scott Jurek who um who was the previous record holder of the 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 AT, yeah. uh AT two times before he uh he ma- there was a quote by him saying like that some people it's almost like the woods is like people's church and y- you wouldn't want people to be like running in between the pews a church kind of thing <laughs> like it's almost like disrespectful yeah um, i mean i don't i don't so,
0: agree with that but i i can like kind of see yeah. like where you know it's they're, they're coming yeah. from i guess people don't want to be surprised in the middle of the woods when they're just kind of yeah. out there to get away from things
1: there's an idea of like how it should be done but that's not necessarily how everyone wants to go about like trail like being on the trail
0: so of course i, th- I think at the end of the day it just kind of boils down to hike your own hike and <laughs> that's yeah. so like cliche <laughs> I i honestly kind of cringe every time i say it but in in this yeah. in this conversation i mean it's just It's just very true, and I think, like I just said, that's kind of what it all boils down to. Colby, these always go by so fast. Now, we're over an hour at this point, but I don't care. We're still going to get to the final subject here. We're going to talk about some trail tales, or a trail tale. I'm not really sure what you have prepared here, but, you know, as listeners know, at the end of every episode, I like to ask people about their favorite stories, usually from the through hikes, but I know you have no through hike, but I'm sure you still get some stories. So let's hear it. What do you got?
1: So um, you guys have talked about some bear stories and, and I definitely have a handful of them um, being out on the trail, like late at night or just hiking in general. And um, so it's funny that that bear experience that I had during the 46 climbs week, the week before that when we were, I was hiking with you. Um, this was like a three week period where I had bear kind of encounters. When I was hiking with you, there was one night I want to say we were at Marcy Dam, I think, uh, where we, at one point during the night, like a bear came by and kind of slashed open the bag. Yeah, that held all Yeah, I our think that was at pots. Marcy Dam. Yep. I remember that. Uh, so that was like the, that was the first one. So we woke up and we're like, oh, this sucks.
0: And... <laughs> I mean, they didn't get into the food. You're you're required to yeah, bring a bear canister in the high peaks region or the eastern yeah. and high peaks region of the Adirondacks. I'm pretty sure I got that. Right. Don't, don't trust me on that. I might have fucked yep. that reg- Okay. I guess I got it right. But yeah, so they didn't <laughs> get our food, but they were definitely around.
1: So then there was the 46 Climbs event where it kind of threw a fork in completing close to our our uh planned hike which by the way the reason that 46 climbs logo has the bear in it is because of that story it's it's pointing <laughs> to make fun of us for that um the next week we went out to uh there's a trail on the other side of the road of ampersand i believe where it goes out to like a, a beach campsite yep and so we're we were like exhausted obviously from from that week. I remember going to put a kayak on my car and I could not lift the kayak. (laughs) I needed help. (laughs) We were like so messed up from that. And and there was a lot of lessons learned obviously from that whole experience. But uh, we hiked in, did not have any food on us. It was just our tent. We were just staying there for the night. And in the middle of the night, there's a splash in the water. I'm like, Thinking about it, like it sounded like a boulder being dropped in the water, like a big splash. And I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like after the past two weeks here, like I do not like. <laughs> You're just trying out. to like
0: relax, like by the water, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we sit there like lying awake for a little bit, and we didn't hear anything else. And we're like, "All right, we're just gonna go back to sleep. It's probably gone." Then probably an hour later, we hear another splash like the same mm. uh same level of like how loud it was and I'm like all right let's uh let's pick up the tent and move it out of here because obviously something's going down I didn't I wasn't like sure it was a bear but like everything was pointing to it I just really didn't want it to be a bear at that point <laughs> uh, had enough of so those I unzipped the tent and I step out and I didn't have my headlamp on at that point which was dumb thinking back on that but i heard a splash in front of me and then there was a swamp behind us and i heard a splash behind us and oh, i was geez. like okay <laughs> and we the two of us just like grabbed the tent with everything in it and just walked like as far <laughs> as we could into the woods until we like felt like we were safe um but <laughs> we went back the night or the the morning after and the on the beach there there's obviously we're in the sand and you see the square where our tent is, and there are huge bob oh, uh, paw man. prints all over around like with our arm's length of our tent, so that was like the three week period. but there's another one i well actually going back to uh that first the first week uh there was a another thing that happened. I don't know if you remember the night that we got kind of stuck with the other uh out on club kids and that lean-to Paul and I had to sleep on the ground outside just kind of cowboy camp. Yep. <laughs> and um, I remember
0: I was cozy in my hammock that night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and this is after hearing like that there's some group the night before got cornered in their lean-to uh by a bear who like stole their the food that I think they were like cooking and eating their food at their their campsite which is not really recommended. But the bear came, scared them back, and started just like chowing down on their food, uh, right out of their open bear can. So and then cornered all these people in the lean to until a uh, a uh forest ranger came by with some bear spray and got rid of it. So all of us are going out there um with this story and I'm like just about to fall asleep and I hear Paul, like the other leader He's like, Colby, Colby, Colby. And he like sits up and I'm like, what, 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 Paul, like what's going on? And then he just like lays back down, totally asleep. He had, he was like just dreaming and I was scared out of my mind. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I have like all these campers with me and like, what am I going to do? And, and he was just like, sleep
0: talking <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he was just messing with you maybe that's, yeah, that's maybe. been his I best kept secret after all these years we'll have yeah. to find out <laughs> yeah that's so funny i i don't think i heard that one before so that was yeah that was good colby um yeah we're at 70 and a half minutes right now so i think we're gonna wrap it up dude thank you so much for all coming right. on Thanks so much for you know talking about 46 climbs and all that stuff, everybody. Again, I'm going to say you got to go check that stuff out and stay tuned for Trail Tales team for that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really stoked about that, if yeah. you couldn't tell right now. Um, so no, that was that was really awesome. I definitely learned a lot about the trail running thing as well. So I don't know. Is there, is there anything else you want to say before we kind of sign off here? I don't think so. Cool, man. All right. Well, to everybody listening – Enjoy the rest of your drive or your shift at work or your lawn mowing if you live in Florida, where a lot of people that listen to this do. I'm jealous. Or your, did I say laundry folding already? I think I did.
1: I don't know about you, but I listen to it when I'm staring at the wall of my basement on my treadmill in the morning. Oh, there you so go. It definitely. Definitely appreciate having some kind of <laughs> something to Treadmills. listen to in the morning. That's a
0: new one too. See, I always like to ask and, and add to the list. Although I'm gonna, I'm already starting to forget them, so I better write that down eventually. But no, thank you everybody for listening so much, Kobe. Cool, don't hang up quite yet, but yeah, we're gonna sign off now. Peace out. All right. Trail tails. Thank out. you. Yep. No problem, man. Thank you very very much.